Iowa everywhere. John Miller, Chris Williams, from the Channel Seed Studios, it's Miller and Williams, presented by Wild Rose Casino and Hotel. Three locations in Iowa, three times the fun. You'd rather be here. This is Iowa Everywhere. And hello, welcome to a live installment of Miller and Williams here on Iowa Everywhere. Going live 4 o'clock on Monday, October the 30th. My name is Chris Williams. I am joined by John Miller. We are presented, as always, by our friends at Wild Rose Casinos in Clinton, Emmitsburg, and Jefferson. We're in the Channel Seed Studios and reacting to a breaking news story on Monday afternoon. Started to get rumblings of this actually at the end of Two Guys Named Chris today, but obviously wasn't anything we could comment on at that point. Didn't, didn't know enough. The news comes out via the University of Iowa that Brian Ferentz will not be back as the offensive coordinator next year. Went as far as to say he will not be with the program next year uh, via the interim athletics director, Beth Getch. She's still on an interim tag, so we'll, we'll still say that, even though I think we all kind of expect her to be the next full-time athletics director at Iowa. I wanted to bring in John Miller. We usually record on Tuesday nights, but it's like, let's let's get after it here. John's been around the Ferentz program since the absolute beginning. He knows the ins and outs of all of this. And I guess, John, what do you think, first of all, about the timing of this? It's not a shock to any of us that Brian Ferentz won't be back. Uh, what do you think about doing this the Monday? You know, you had a bye week last week. I guess, what do you think about everything that's played out? Well, I, I think what has happened today um, is rather – this is like tectonic movements within the Iowa Athletic Department. I think there's a lot of things that happened today that maybe weren't explicitly said in the statement, but you can read into them without seeming like you're wearing a tinfoil hat, in my opinion. Of course, nobody thinks they're a tinfoil hat wearer. But I would say that um, you're right. Beth Getz is still technically the interim athletic director. But after reading this statement and weighing the gravity of this move, I, she knows she's going to be the permanent athletic director. There's no doubt. An interim athletic director does not get to swing a stick like this. We said as much on this program that she's an interim athletic director. There's no way she can do X, Y, Z. Well, I think there is. She clearly did. And I think it means it's fait accompli. She is going to be the athletic director. And frankly, one of the first things I thought of today when I saw this, uh, somebody started texting me that I haven't heard from him in years, said, hey, I hear that Brian Ferentz is going to be resigned. I'm like, yeah, I, went, I just went back to doing what I'm doing. Then my buddy Billy Love suits me a text, and he starts hearing it. I'm like, okay, Billy Love says it. I'm going to pay a little more attention. Then, bam, you text me out of the blue saying, hey, we got to do a podcast. I'm like, okay, this is legit. So, this is something I think that we can read from the tea leaves. And I think just going through this a little bit might be helpful. One of the quotes from Beth Getz to the first uh, paragraph of the release, anyone who, lo who loves Iowa football recognizes both the success and challenges that have brought attention to our program this season right here. Our struggles on offense coupled with the offensive coordinators contract make this a unique situation. Now, a that's a mouthful B dude. That's a mouthful. Mm -hmm. That is a lot. This is basically saying this nepotism-based contract that Gary Barta and Kirk Ferentz dreamed up years ago to try and loophole this uh, Iowa's anti-nepotism laws, done. 
Um, Keith Murphy allegedly saying the radio. Now, this is from uh, uh, somebody that I know personally. Um, uh, I've met him face to face and have followed him through the years on Twitter. Hawk from Norwalk. I know that sounds weird. Hawk from Norwalk says, but I trust him saying that he heard Keith Murphy say on the radio uh, this afternoon that um, I mean, I'm going to say what he said. Keith Murphy apparently said on the radio today that this was not a voluntary decision and Brian was removed without Kirk's approval. Now, clearly, I think just looking from this statement, you knew that those things, but to hear, you know, allegedly Keith saying that we all know that, you know, Keith Murphy doesn't uh, go off the reservation. Uh, Beth gets continuing from her statement after conversations with head coach Kirk Ferentz and Brian and the president, I, inf I informed Brian that our intention is for him to be with us to the bowl game, but that this is his last season with the program full stop, not reassigned to offensive line coach, not any other part of the pro. This is his last season with the program. Making this known today is in the best interest of the program and its loyal fans. It provides clarity during this pivotal time in the schedule. Then the next thing I underlined and the last thing I underlined was her saying, it's not my practice to be involved in assistant coaching decisions and certainly not to make public such changes during a season. So, folks, th this is unprecedented, yeah. um, at least in, in my memory for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Norm Parker got ill during his time as coordinator. But there's never been anything like this. Kirk has publicly gone on about how he doesn't believe in firing assistant coaches in season. He has a super strong heart for assistant coaches based on his time as an assistant, seeing him come and go, get fired here today, gone tomorrow in the NFL. There is so much in that statement that says Beth Getz is the new boss and she is not same as the old boss. This is not Gary Barta. This is someone I think that has vision that plays chess because Chris just last week in that 4,000 word thing that I wrote, I said that there's three scenarios for how all this plays out. As I see it, one Kirk Ferentz resigns after the season, makes it clean. He and Brian leave no harm done Two, Kirk's desire is to stay. And Beth gets his name, permanent AD. She does not offer Brian a new contract. Kirk tells Beth that he wants Brian to remain as OC and Beth respectfully declines his invitation and Kirk resigns. I said, this is the cleanest and easiest route, but I would just prefer Kirk resigning. So I, I said back in May in something I wrote, um, on johntificate.com, which I write from time to time. I said, I believe this will be Kirk's last season, regardless of what happens this year. He has a team capable of winning the West, returning to Indy. If that happens, a good note to go out on. If it doesn't happen and say the offense sputters again, he's not going to stick around if his son gets the ax and Iowa will also be hiring a new AD in 2024. So again, dude, I've gotten so many things wrong in my wrong in my career, and I've there have been other times where I thought it was Kirk's last go around. I think that what we've seen today, and also me believing that this is not something that Kirk Ferentz wanted to have happen, but that Beth gets made happen since Brian, t you know, reports to the AD. I think this is it for Kirk. Wow. And as an Iowa fan, I'm excited for having a Barry Alvarez type AD someone that's willing to be bold and make the move that other people, Gary Barta, were unable to do. Let's let me follow. So now that we know your opinion on that, that was one of my first questions. What if it's not? So what because he what does his contract go through? Right? Like oh many years. If, yeah. Four or five more years. So cause, cause I let me paint a couple of different pictures here. One 
Kirk, you know, Kirk stays. It, it feels to me like you're. There's a reason why when a coach gets hired somewhere, for the, at, at the beginning that their recruiting rankings will rise above the guy who has had just been fired because you're selling hope. You have, you know, you you can go in and you can just sell your vision. There's right. no results tied to it. The question I would have is, or the the point I would make, but by doing this, you're you're able to sell hope to people in the portal, right? That that change is being made. Look, we we fired the offensive coordinator. I guess again, let's just talk in hypotheticals here. If we think Kirk Ferentz, if if he stays, which we haven't heard from him, and he he does meet the media on Tuesday, and that'll be really. He's been very prickly this year, right? Like, so that'll be really interesting to see what kind of a mood Kirk Ferentz is in. And I also wonder when this happened, because the fact that it didn't leak until Monday morning, like, what did they do all bye week if they knew? But whatever, neither here nor there. Um, well, yeah. does, Kirk, does Kirk have the... Does he have it within him to hire somebody outside of the program who truly thinks differently than he does offensively and then to let them do their job? Great, great question. Very logical question. My answer to that quickly, then an explanation to follow is hell no. Um, And why do I feel so strongly about that? When Brian was hired to be Iowa's offensive coordinator several years ago, at that time, I remember saying, that Kirk desperately needed someone in that room who had the balls to tell him, no, this isn't working. We need to change. And I felt that on planet Earth, and once your kids get a little older, you'll know what I'm saying. Those of you with kids who are maybe 18 years or older, they start to feel themselves a little bit. They start to be very comfortable expressing their opinion to their parents especially when it's contradictory. I'm not saying everyone's looking to fight with mom and dad, but we all go through that process where we feel confident enough to stand on our own two legs. Brian Ferentz, not a shrinking violet. Brian Ferentz, always very outspoken and unafraid to tell you what he thinks. And I felt it was the pure magical formula, the only one on the planet other than Kirk's wife, and she didn't apply for the job, who could basically tell Kirk that the emperor is wearing no clothes. We saw how that went. This is not Brian's offense. In a way, I've 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 felt I felt a little I felt some sympathy for for Brian. Um, not like I feel bad for him per se, because obviously, you know, um, he's got a really good job and he's made some really good money. But life he's doing he, just fine. Life isn't necessarily about that. I mean, this this is got to be exhausted. At this point, yeah, you would uh, I, I imagine his his mental health has been negatively affected. I don't know how it couldn't be. I mean, seriously, dude, there was a time this weekend I thought I want to get off Twitter. I told you months ago I, I'm thinking of just leaving Twitter, um, just because it's just it's not healthy from a mental health standpoint. Brian Ferentz, all year, you know, all this last year, Gary redid the deal, made Brian a laughing stock. It really embarrassed Brian, humiliated him, frankly professionally. And you know that Kirk didn't like that. And then you have the 325 and all the memes and those are funny. And every single game, Brian Ferentz is on the screen and the and the commentators are talking about his contract. And that's what happens when you do something stupid like Barta did. So I just feel that who's going, to, I mean, who's going to want that job? 
other than someone that's n- maybe made their name so far in Division Two or high school or something like that, that uh, you can get to come in because it's an opportunity. But any offensive coordinator who is worth their weight isn't going to take this job because Kirk Ferentz isn't going to let you do the things you want to do because he didn't even let his own son do that. So I don't know who they're going to get. I I really don't think it matters. And if Kirk does stay around for another year and this isn't his last year, the offensive coordinator also knows that your starting quarterback next year is a guy who's had two ACL surgeries on both knees in the past 12 months and is not a threat to move the ball with his feet. Therefore, you're limited in that regard, in addition to having, you know, like whenever you take your kid's ball and you put those bumpers on the gutter so you can't hit a gutter ball. Oh, yeah. That's what Kirk Ferentz – yeah. That's what Kirk said. You can do this, Greg Davis. You can throw those quick wide receiver hitters behind the line of scrimmage that only gain three yards because we don't have the type of athletes that you had at Texas. You can do those things, but that's about it. You're going to run the waggle game. You're going to run play action. We're going to do this, and that's the way it's going to be. I don't see how that changes. What's so bizarre about this whole conversation is that they're a really peculiar call away from being seven and one. Uh, now we all know that there's a lot. There's a lot of nuance when you make that statement, right? Like we all we all understand that. At least most rational humans do. And the point that I've been trying to make for a long time is enjoy it now because in this new Big Ten, you're not going to be able to, you know, I, I think Hassel said it really well. Well, the first time he said it, I, I thought about it about, he, he's made the point for a while, John, that he believes the Big Ten West has set itself back because they they can just, like, I, and I made the point this morning to him, we were talking about this, like P.J. Fleck so I watched a lot of Mac back in the day because it was kind of like I, I thought Fleck and I thought Campbell were two guys who I and, and Lance Leipold, believe it or not, were the three guys who would potentially replace Paul Rhodes at Iowa State. So that year I was really, really watching a lot of that conference. Fleck is a shell of himself now. Now he's still cocky and arrogant and does the whole thing, a little chihuahua. He's up fighting. Football-wise, though, he's a completely different guy. Hassel's point is that this division – and the, these teams have, have kind of done it to themselves. And when you blow that whole thing up, not for the most, not completely, Iowa still has its protected rivals, which is a benefit to them. But you, you even just think of trying to play the way they had the last couple of years against next year's schedule, which isn't the hardest in the Big Ten. But you're looking at instead of like, oh, yeah, our floor is eight and four, where it's like, man, maybe, you know, Six and six type deal. And it, it just, when you look at the, how this is, like, I just don't know how they can keep going in this direction. And, and that we're getting a little bit of heat. Somebody says, guys, they hired Greg Davis. What are you even talking about? Like, he's meaning that he went outside. John, you know that situation. Greg Davis wasn't stepping up and telling Kirk Ferentz to shut up in a meeting, right? No. <laughs> no, never. That's no. the point we're didn't making, happen. guys. It, you, it, you bring in yes happen. men. That's the point. That that's the whole point. And and this game is still still like I the way that Kirk Ferentz wants to play football. Iowa could still be successful and not incredibly boring doing it. 
mm-hmm. if they had the right gyms and the Joes. They clearly don't have the right, as in the the prototypical way Kirk would want it, Jims and Joes on the offensive line. Otherwise, they wouldn't be running so much inside zone, gap, hat on hat, counter, and they would continue to do the outside zone to the boundary that they've always done. But they're not doing that because they don't have athleticism on the line. They brought in some players uh, in the out of season at receiver and tight end and quarterback, things they needed to improve and address. And that's great. And if they had everyone healthy and they had an offensive line, say the fifth or sixth best offensive line of the Ferentz era caliber, they would be 11 and one. And they would go to Indianapolis and probably give Michigan maybe a game. But they don't have that. And I don't see that changing anytime. I mean, these the recruiting rankings. I was doing uh, decent in the recruiting rankings, but the sum of the, the sum of the parts is not greater than the whole. The way that it's typically been throughout the Ferentz era, it is over on defense, it is on special teams, it's not on offense because the offense is irrevocably broken, and it Real is quick. so antiquated, and it's not going to change. So the same guy says, I don't disagree with you guys are saying, but I don't think Kirk is unwilling to do anything different, which is fine. So the question to me now would go mimicking what you just said. If, if this is viewed as the end of it, this is the twilight of the Ferentz era, right? I think what we're saying is one who would want to go there. And two, like, I, and it kind of ties into the recruiting thing too. Because I've been saying that all year. Why would any quarterback in the transfer portal go to Iowa after seeing what they did to Cade McNamara? Why would any explosive wide receiver go to Iowa after watching Caleb Brown's production this year at the University of Iowa? And maybe there's something there we don't know about, but most fans don't know about it, right? Like, whatever. We see this four-star guy from Ohio State who had offers from everywhere, and he's going to Iowa, and he not, he's not playing, and when he does, he doesn't ever get the ball, right? So, like, that that's what we see, and that's what these players see. I guess my point is – my question to you, John, is what is the best-case scenario right now if Kirk Ferentz stays? Is it what you said? They're going to go out and get some D2 coach? Hey, we're going to give you – $800,000 a year. Like, how does this play out? And then I want to take us into what if Kirk Ferentz leaves? Where do we go from there? So, so that coach that gets 800000 from D2, that's the, the best thing is for that guy. He's not coming in and getting carte blanche to run his offense. If an offensive coordinator is going to get carte blanche to come in and run an offense and Kirk's not going to meddle, then you don't need to get D2 guy. You can go get somebody else who has the experience and, you know, as maybe run a little bit, maybe a power spread, something like that. But it's still, you don't have the quarterback to do it next year if Cade McNamara is your quarterback. Um, I don't, you, you said, you know, when people see what they've done to Cade, he, Cade had the quad pull before they played their first game. I don't think it's fair to say that Iowa ruined him, but Iowa hasn't certainly developed quarterbacks in a long time. So I'm not going to, that's not a hill for us to fight and die on. But you yeah, brought I'll up something you. earlier. I'll fight but- you on that one. <laughs> Okay. You want to go to war on that one? (laughs) I just don't think I don't think I don't think we have enough information (laughs) to say that this this was not running quarterback sneaks or running bootleg waggles because of his injury is a fair representation of what he could do. I don't disagree with you. I'm just saying, like, as far as like I could if I want to recruit against Iowa for quarterbacks, I think I have plenty of ammunition to go. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or receivers. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I'm the OG as it comes to saying, <laughs> why would any receivers want to come to Iowa? I yeah, said I'm it on your own playbook, man. 
Yeah, I sent it on sound off. I haven't been on sound off since 2012. And I received a note from someone in Iowa City uh, pissed off at me for saying that. I'm like, dude, just be better. You, you brought up a point from Hassel saying uh, about these coaches coming to the Big Ten West. And the Big Ten West is almost like a negative feedback loop. They limit each other. Coaches, by and large, are risk averse. Even Hayden Fry, you know, Kirk Ferentz always jokes about how he Kirk, Hayden had everybody snookered into thinking the exotics, as Hayden would call them, you know, a flea flicker or a Statue of Liberty and shit like this. Any football coach, if they could run the ball exclusively to win every game, they would never throw the football ever, right? Because that is a riskier play. And coaches are risk averse. There are some coaches like Mike Leach. Mike Leach had to do what Mike Leach had to do because he was the pirate. He 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 came up under how mummy. He learned something, and he was mm-hmm. always at schools that didn't weren't able to recruit top tier talent. Yeah. So he had to level the scales, and that's brilliance right there. Kirk, he spent time in the NFL. The NFL. The advantages that you get in the NFL are so slim. It's almost like what you don't do, how you win games, like the Chiefs on Sunday against Denver. If they if they don't start Patrick Mahomes, they win that game 12 to 9, all right? Because they would have done things totally different. But Patrick had the flu and they went out there and tried to still be the Chiefs offense and it didn't work. So they want to be risk averse. So the big the, the Big Ten West, all these guys are looking here saying, all we've got to do is not turn it over. All we have to do is win the turnover battle, play stout football in the trenches, and we've got a chance to be in a one possession game uh, against probably five or six of our rivals in our division or five. All right. Maybe there's one you can't keep up with when Wisconsin had it rolling. So yes, the Big Ten West has created this like Yeti cooler level of insulation for Kirk Ferentz when all he has to do every year is just beat Wisconsin and they go to Indianapolis. Not that that's been easy. Uh, But as we've talked about all fall, that all changes. That all changes starting next year. No more coolers, no more insulation. And it's going to be tough sledding if they continue to try to do the same things. I just don't see Kirk sticking around. I imagine he is so mad right now. Uh, an athletic director who's not even the official athletic director, someone that he he wasn't hired by that he doesn't know probably all that well just because of the amount of time she's been there. He can't be happy. I, do I don't do see him sticking happened? around. Do you think this happened last week and, and they actually kept yeah. it under wraps? I think it. I think probably it did. What would you think? Kirk is going to go out and leak it to I, the media. I don't know. I just I, I know how this works. Like Brian's pissed Be- off. Tells his wife. You want to leak? Up, I, I don't yeah. know. You you'd leak something to the media if you felt like the in the court of public opinion it was a toss up at worst. And we know that Brian re, Brian's retaining retainment or staying on as offensive coordinator was not a coin flip. In the world of public opinion, it was probably an 80-20 at minimum against. All right. So Kirk's not going to release that. Kirk's eight. There, there's no benefit that I can see knee-jerk that he would release it. Beth Getz isn't going to release it. The president's not going to release it. I have two topics I want to cover before we get out of here. Okay. One is what what does that do for this year's team? Because that that does still matter to to many people. Two all right, let's play the other hypothetical. And let's start here. Kirk Ferentz is out. I, <laughs> you, you were laughing at me. Uh, I've, I've said back the truck up to Bob Stoops and just make him tell you no. 
Because I think that Bob still got the itch, and the University of Iowa is the one place I think that he would go back to and coach. You guys all, all you Iowa fans, tell me how great LeVar Woods is and that you want him to be your guy. Uh, I, I would challenge and only say this, and nothing against Coach Woods, but you know, it's he's a hate, not a Hayden guy. He is a uh, Kirk Ferentz guy. Do you do you want to replace from from within? Which maybe you do. I don't know. What what are you thinking right now, John? What would you want to see if Kirk Ferentz leaves? Um, I, I'm still partial to LeVar Woods. Um, I know that he's never been a head coach, and I know that some people think that that's just some kind of magical formula. But LeVar Woods has been in this program for two decades. Uh, I think Kirk Ferentz runs a uh, a very respectable and honorable program. And quite frankly, a football coach is better positioned to be a CEO than they are to be a finger involved in everything kind of a deal. You don't want to be too far disconnected that you don't know what's going on, but you also don't want to have your finger in every pot to overmanage. And that causes your employees to uh, probably not reach the potential that they could. I think LeVar has seen enough and observed enough from Kirk to know how to run a program. Um, LeVar is an amazing communicator. Everyone I know that's ever met him and come across him has had any type of relationship with him beyond just a meeting absolutely loves him. I have a great deal of respect for him. I think he could assemble a staff. And I think the reason why I am inclined for it to be somebody that has experience, a great deal of experience within the Iowa program is the people that get this job or apply for this job need to have both eyes open. This is not like you're coming into Penn State or Michigan or Ohio State or Texas or Oklahoma or any of the other blue bloods where you know that anybody that comes in is going to recruit top 25 level minimum year in, year out. That is not this job. This is a job that will continue to still be something that has to be built from the line of scrimmage out. If you don't have an offensive line that can consistently impose its will on the opponent, and if you don't have a defensive line that can stop the run with its front four to front six, you're in trouble because those are the types of players that you are realistically going to be able to repeatedly recruit year in, year out from the talent base in your geographic footprint. As you know, there's no oceans near Iowa. Iowa skill position players, while not uh, impossible to find, there are more commonly Iowa linebackers, Iowa defensive linemen, and Iowa offensive linemen. And I think that you still can be successful with a more power lean program, but you just need to mix in a quarterback that can run with the ball. I'm not saying like old Nebraska veer where the quarterback's running 100 yards a game. I'm saying extend a few drives with your legs, like watching Brock Purdy with San Francisco. He's not going to be out there and running every time, but he can extend drives with his legs. That's what you need. You need your quarterback to be able to do that two or three times a game. I want him to join the current decade. Yes, Iowa hasn't had that since 2006 and C.J. Beathard. We're coming up on a decade for that. The game's changed a lot. So they absolutely have to have something like that. And you can run RPO. You can do all the things you want to be from a style, from, from a philosophical standpoint. Run first lean. You can do better running the ball, in my opinion, by getting a fullback and an H and just run out of 11 personnel with a single back set because the defenders can't just come in and jam on you. If you've got an RPO set, a zone read threat, you have to have those things in the modern game today. 
Um, you can't be an anachronism like Iowa football has been these last couple of years. You can't do it anymore, and you cannot. You will not be able to do it in the future Big Ten and have a chance ever to make it to the Big Ten championship game. And frankly, like I, I think I said this, I'm 52 years old. I don't know that I'll live to see Iowa in a Big Ten championship game again if they don't do it this year. Really, it's a tough conference. I want to have this conversation. So this name keeps getting brought up as Chris Kleiman down at Kansas State. There are connections. There's connections there. Um, And and I I would challenge this thinking, and I have no idea what Kleiman would do. So he's making $5.5 million a year through 2023 so he's he's got a lot of 2033 2030 i'm sorry 2030 okay yeah 2030 so look at where climbing is in this new big 12 you're one of the most funded you're you're probably a top two or three program in the new big 12 year in year out you have direct access to the playoff if you're a guy like that, John, would you rather be in a job like that or come to one of these middle pack Big Ten jobs with the challenges that you're talking about? It's interesting because Iowa could pay him more. Like if it's just about money, then yeah, you're going to go to the Big Ten or the SEC. I, I do think because he's got it rolling there, right? Like Kleiman does. Like they should be, I mean, they they should be preseason top three in the Big 12 for the next five years, I would think, with the way he's recruiting. And, and they've got great NIL there. You know, they just got that Avery Johnson kid over all those SEC programs. He wanted to stay home. They're doing – what do you think about that? I, I think it's interesting. I think it will depend on the guy. I think a guy like Matt Campbell would probably stay, as, he, as he's proven to do over the years. But um, some guys would jump at that. What do you think of that, that exact scenario? So it just so happens um... – that I have some intel on this. Right? Oh, and I need to I need horses. to be very very careful here. So someone that I know extremely well, like I talk to this person on a daily basis and have for the past five years. Right, this is someone I, I know. This is someone who's like family to me. This person is very well connected with the Kansas State football program. Uh, at one point in time this summer, this person, along with five other people, uh, were hanging out um, at someone's house in a basement, cocktails, with Kleiman, the AD. I think it's Gene Taylor, right? My friends, yes, four or five other guys, less than 10 people. They were together for hours. These conversations came up. I don't expect Kleiman to be in coaching beyond the duration of his current Kansas state contract. I think he doesn't really, he doesn't want to be a lifer. He will have stacked 30, $35 million in earnings, even if they don't redo the deal. And I think he's done. So I think anybody's saying Chris Clement, and I get why everyone's saying that he's an Iowa guy, have those connections. It was a name that I had on my list up until this summer. And I heard that conversation. I don't think that he should be on your list unless you like this appointment. Last thing I would say on Woods, and again, I, I don't know him. He's clearly done a really good job with what he does. He's a great recruiter. Iowa special teams are always amongst the tops in the country. I would challenge Iowa fans going into a new era of college football, which is what we're doing, that you are at the big boy table. And just 
hiring LeVar would have been a really strong move, no doubt, at any point in Iowa football history. My challenge would be, at the very least, you have to look outside and see what you can get. I mean, you're John, we're talking about a TV contract. I, we're going to be making $100 million a year. You have all the resources you need. You can compete. You're the elite of the elite. It's the Big Ten, and it's the SEC, and then there's everybody else. See what's out there. Like, let the agents do some work. Like, why wouldn't you try Stoops? It's not Pat. Stoops isn't that old. He's what? He's in his sixties. Will you bring Bob Stoops in? You get your pick of the litter, offensive coordinator. Oh, I want. That's who I want for my defensive coordinator. Boom, got him. You probably keep Parker if you keep Stoops. I'm not just hanging on him, but my point is, like, I think Iowa fans will often undersell their spot going forward. You are the rich of the rich. You sell out your stadium every week. You have a great alumni base. You have awesome donor. You have money. Maybe maybe you go through the process and LeVar Woods is the no-brainer. This is the guy, and, and he's going to take us into the next era, and, th- and that's great. I just think there's so much of this that I'm, that I'm seeing out there with him. I, I just think Iowa fans can – not that you can do better. I just think you need to broaden your horizons and see what the possibilities actually are. I don't disagree with you. If I'm an athletic director or, say, I'm a president and I find out my athletic director didn't uh, interview and speak with you know uh, numerous people, and I mean maybe more than two or three, and you, know, you have a wish list and you do that on the down low, and if that doesn't materialize, okay, great. You have to do that. But I also really do feel and and I appreciate your perspective because you're kind of an outsider right now with enough institutional knowledge of the Iowa football program from your life to also know the other side of it in that maybe I am uh, downselling it. I, I just I just have been watching Iowa recruiting since before I became, you know, somebody that wrote about it. I mean, Paul Betcher back in the day, I used to subscribe to his you know, gold paper that he used to send out on recruiting. I was reading Van Coleman when I was a teenager in the 1980s in the Basketball Times, which was a a, a weekly paper uh, subscription that I had. It was my favorite day of the week uh, of the month when it came. So I've been following this a long time. And I also was a guy that was making the Kool-Aid and handing it out whenever mm-hmm. I wanted Tom Davis gone. And I kept saying, I want to see Iowa go to the next level. And they went and hired that sexy, sexy name, even though he didn't have a ton of experience. Steve Alford at that time, it was a coup hiring him as Iowa's head coach. And we all saw how that turned out. Now, I know past is not necessarily necessarily prologue. But I remember we got I one knew- of those, too. His name was Gene Chizik. Right, right. I've got a coin laying around here. So, no, I don't. I wish I did that. <laughs> You probably have, have a few actually to give me. I, I do. I would like one. That's like, I want my kids to go through that someday uh, after I'm long gone many, many years from now. I'll say, what the hell was this? Who is this guy? Is this worth any money? Oh, no, it's Gene Chizik. Um, I, I just feel like it's 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 not easy to win at Iowa. And I think if you look now with, with the, with the uh, playoff going to 12 teams, can the fourth best Big Ten team make it into the playoff some years? Yes. Some years, I think absolutely. It, yeah. I think it can. You guys are at the golden four, table. You're at the golden yeah. table. Now, right, having said right. that, you're not at the head of the golden table either. Like, I don't want my no. opinion. I, I think Iowa's middle of the pack in this in this new Big Ten as far as jobs go, but that's still really good when you look at the at the big picture. 
there's going to be a lot of coaches that would want a job like that that is well-funded. And the recruiting thing is less of an issue than when you were reading Voice of the Hawkeye because you're paying the guys now, right? No, it's good. That's a good. That's a good point. Um, it's not the same know, thing. Would, it's there's still there's still challenges. Yeah, it's 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 a whole new era. And 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 so I think you make some very fair points. And maybe I am selling it a little short. Um, I, I just think I that think there are certain that. realities, certain realities to that job. But I think that brings us around full circle from where we started. And that is, um, you know, Kirk Ferentz. And I just, again, these things that we're talking about with NIL and all these changes, I I felt that the NIL changes might be enough for this year to be his last. Now with what's gone on and transpired, that his oldest child, the pain, Kirk's, listen, again, I feel sympathy, some sympathy for Kirk, some sympathy for Brian. The sympathy I feel for Kirk is as a father, seeing your child in this situation and the anguish that your child's had to go through the last year or so. And probably if he's being honest with himself, Kirk caused some of that. That'd be tough. So I have that was the point I was I like just going to make, like I feel sympathy too, but man, are they that out of the loop to not realize what they were doing with the whole uh, nepotism thing? And I mean, are there, are, is there that many? Yes. Well, no, men around no, they them? do it. They knew what they were doing with that. They're the ones that exploited a loophole for him to report to Gary. <laughs> Kirk and Gary came up with the dang thing. I was say, so, like, Kirk, like, I feel bad for you, too, but you kind of put your son in that spot. That's right? it. Like, I feel sympathy, but they did it to them. Kirk yeah. did this to himself. Yeah. And with the NIL and all these changes, with your son no longer being there, and that's not something you wanted. No, it's I really, really find it hard to believe Kirk Ferentz will be Iowa's head coach next year. Okay, so – Last thing that I wanted to cover is there's a football game on Saturday, right? That a lot of Iowa fans are going to leave our state for and go pack Wrigley Field. There's more games coming up, sold out season tickets. These games matter. And what does this do for this year's team? Like, do you you go out there on Saturday and – uh, Brian's lining them up four wide, like I mean, <laughs> empty backfield. Like, what do they do anything different? Like, are they just pissed now? Are they going to dig in? How does this impact the rest of the season? If if they came out and went empty on like the first possession, that is guaranteed <laughs> an fu to everyone. Uh, and I wouldn't put it past them. But I mean, a little bit at the petty end of the right day, now, I'm sensing. Yeah, yeah. At, at at the end of the day, your you are responsible for these young people who only get to go around this track a very short period of their lives. And you've been around this track, you know, 25 years as a head coach um, and then uh, other years as an assistant coach. You don't do anything to take away from these kids and these families that pledge their allegiance and loyalty to you. And if you do, that is a very, very revealing thing about your character. I don't think that they'll do much of anything different, nor should they. Do the players rally around a guy that they uh, probably like? Sure. Sure. Is it still the same uh, limited offensive scheme that is being held back by a number of things this year, namely the worst quarterback in Division One football? It is. Today's depth chart also shows Deacon Hill on it. They had a bye week. They have this or week. This and, and 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 from what I heard, I don't know how many days they practiced last week. Wasn't as much as I would have thought. 
Um, but I could be wrong on that. Um, but it was relayed to me by somebody that talked with a parent of one of the current players. So, um, it took took more time than I thought, but maybe they've done that before. So I don't want to make too big of a deal out of that. And, and I will also say that this person, uh, you know, feels that uh, a lot of the players would like to see Joe Labus in. So, um, I really don't think well, Iowa I does anything other than the status uh, modus operandi going forward. I don't think we'll see things different. I'll take a couple questions. Brian says, do you think Phil Parker would stay for Bob Stoops? Would LeVar Wood stay? Like These are I, super hypothetical, but I feel like if any coach coming in would keep these guys, wouldn't it be Bob Stoops? Oh, for sure. Bob Stoops would be crazy not to keep Phil yeah. Parker um, if and Phil LeVar wanted Woods. it. As- as for LeVar Woods, I think LeVar would stay under the uh, – LeVar Woods would get hired tomorrow if he were available. Right? Yeah, he's um, – I mean, honestly, like he's been so loyal to Iowa. That guy could have been a head coach by now if he wanted to. He could have. He, he could go make a lot more money in the NFL coach and special teams too. He could get a he hired told me he anywhere. He could be a Mac tomorrow. coach next year if he wanted to be. I bet he yeah. could. Or he could go. He could go make more money than he could be in a Mac head coach being Nick Saban's special teams coordinator. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so, but so that I think would be LeVar, a deal with him. If he's pissed off on how this goes, he could just say, screw it. I've given you all this loyalty. He may not want to stick around for another regime. Maybe, may, maybe, but I think, I think LeVar would stay under the circumstance that like Stoops is the head coach. It's a three-year deal. And LeVar Woods is the head coach in waiting, something like that. Otherwise I don't think so. I'm sorry. I got the Stoops stuff brought back up. I just like, to me, it's such a no brainer. If you like, you're going into this new era where what okay, do you want to keep competing with Purdue and Illinois and Minnesota? No. Iowa fans want to compete with you guys, right? Going into this new era, I'm asking Iowa fans, you want to go to playoffs and stuff, right? That's your goal. If you hire Bob yeah, Stoops, it cool. automatically puts you in that conversation because of the man's track record. He's an Iowa guy. I, maybe he'll say no, and he, he very Look, well might. If he was willing, if he was willing to do it, and I knew we'd get three or four years out of him, I'd sign up for it. All right, I'd sign up for it because I, I didn't think. <laughs> yeah, you know, but you know, Levar Woods is older right now than Kirk Ferentz was the day Kirk Ferentz got the job in Iowa City by yeah. two years, and I know that he doesn't have head coaching experience. Kirk Ferentz's head coaching experience was at Maine. Do you think Levar? You think Kirk Ferentz was more? Uh, well, prepared or LeVar Woods having been underneath Kirk Ferentz. Yes, Kirk Ferentz was an assistant coach under Bill Belichick and some others, but LeVar Woods gets the benefit of that. It's like the reverse STD, all right? If you you sleep with this person, you're sleeping with everybody else that they've ever slept with. Same for LeVar. LeVar Woods is tapped into you know Bill Belichick's zeitgeist because he's been around Kirk Ferentz for two decades. I will say this from a totally different animal basketball to football, but I'm seeing firsthand what you're talking about in Ames. The fact that Otzelberger had been there for what 15 years as an assistant. Now he had had some head coaching experience before he got to Iowa State, but the benefits of that are you know where all the skeletons are. Oh, I need you know you have political chess moves you can make with. Oh, I need. I need the president to help me here. I need this booster over there. You know what I mean? Like there's all sorts of stuff that it's really good, like compared to going into a job blind, which neither of the do guys you, we're talking about would be blind. Right. But do you think TJ is better equipped for success now, having been the coach at 
UNLV, or do you think he could have gone right into be Iowa State's assistant coach? I th- I think that he could have won, but he's considerably more set up for success now because he made mistakes at South Dakota State and UNLV as a head coach that he learned from. I I think he would have been okay, but man, like I would also make the point: following that guy is really hard. Following Fred Hoiberg would would it was going to be brutal for anybody. I don't know. Is following Kirk yeah. Ferentz like the greatest coach in the history of Iowa, or is it a deal where the man the the floor is so high because of what that guy's done that you're just in a much better spot? I don't know. Right. That's a that's a, right. that's a good point. I think we may be able to agree with this: is that when the day comes, whether it's in January or next year, whenever that Iowa is looking to hire a new coach, I don't think there will be a lack of interest in the job. You sell out every I agree. game every year. Your fan support is legendary for traveling. They're very loyal. Um, it is a great and rabid fan base. They're also very patient. You can look at Kirk's track record. They have only had two coaches in the last 40-some years, only a few athletic directors, et cetera, et cetera. You have you know, state-of-the-art facilities everywhere you turn around and look. So it is a really attractive job that probably will pay somebody. Um, maybe you get the hometown discount with LeVar, but you're probably paying someone six to $7 million a year. Yeah, there won't be a lack of interest in this job. Scott Frost is available. Um, need not apply. Thank you, brother. I appreciate no, you, you taking time out of your day to do this, but I knew we needed to get out in front of this. And it, it, It's your out. day, too. Well, thank you. Just thanks. Thank you for letting me share these airways with you and rehabilitating uh, my uh, rehabilitating my name within the Iowa State fan base. I mean, <laughs> the, the, the lack of hate that I receive from Iowa State fans hey, on a daily basis is noticeable. Is is little Gracie coming up to Ames for the big game this week? No, I'm taking little Gracie to Dallas on Friday and she and I are going to the Queen concert. So sorry, clones. Can't make it. Did little Gracie throw the goalpost into the lake last weekend? Was she there? She was there at the uh, kickoff thing that they had on TV. And uh, it was cold. And she said, because I saw like a, I saw an Uber receipt at like noon. I'm like, wow, they must have had a rough night just waking up and getting back. No, she'd already been to the, the, the kickoff show. And she's like, it's too cold. Uh, way overrated. I'm like, you know what? Smart move. Smart move. You missed history, but she already liked the she already was there when they liked the post one time. Oh yeah. Forgot about that. Forgot about that. All right. Thanks, John. Appreciate you, man. Yep. He's John Miller. I'm Chris Williams. Thanks to everybody for tuning in here. Uh if you watched us live. Uh if not, you can listen to the full version later or watch it later anywhere you want, but also on the Iowa Everywhere podcast. For John Miller, I'm Chris Williams. Thanks to Wild Rose Casino for sponsoring Miller and Williams here on Iowa Everywhere. Iowa Everywhere.